All right, boys. So we recently had an episode where we talked about sort of like the back and forth between do we want to play like Spelljammer? Do we want to play Starfinder? This is going to be kind of like that, but different. Now, we have a game coming up on Saturday um, where we're going to do, we can announce it here, we're going to be doing a live play. Um, our first ever live play on the podcast. And I have some ideas. Um, but I want to leave it kind of open-ended. This isn't going to be your cheap one-shot. This isn't going to be like something. Uh, and it's also not going to be like our next epic campaign. I'm trying to figure out what's going to work well on air. Um, because we've never done anything like this before. None of us have ever, ever RP'd into a microphone. None of us have ever made characters that we intend to like play live. So... Here's my thoughts. I have a couple of things in mind, and I want to try something different because if we have really a lot of fun with it and it goes over well, I can carry it on more. Okay? Mm. You see what I mean? Where it can always come back and I can cut it up. Right, right, right. So here's my thoughts. Cobalt Press is someone I've talked about supporting many times, and I have this really cool book, The Tome of Heroes. Now, with the Tome of Heroes, there are many, many different options for characters you can make. And what I'm interested in trying is having you two make characters based on classes and stuff in the Tome of Heroes, um, as well as having each of you make a sidekick. <gasps> sidekick? A sidekick that I RP, but you guys play in combat. Can we be our sidekicks, though? What do you Like, mean? can my character sidekick be Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> Or vice versa, like I have Zach and Zach you has can Andrew. Name him Andrew, sure. I feel like that's what we have to do. That's no, gotta, no, no. I, that's I be. do not set it on the podcast. <laughs> that, that we will, need to figure it out. That will not go over well on air. I don't think. I feel like it would be great. We just play ourselves. So I, I no, would... no. Seth plays us. <laughs> <laughs> so your sidekick can be Andrew. That's fine. But Seth is gonna, gonna razz you. So, so bad. I want, I want this to be like our traditional game, where you, you know, I want it to be technically sound, where um, I can balance it well, right? Um, I want I want to be able to make it properly balanced where you know two of you can play and I want it to be we're not starting at low levels okay we're starting from the middle um, so I want to start us off strong and I want to be able to challenge you guys but I can't really do that with two like I'm probably gonna start seventh level so seventh <gasps> level characters oh, okay dang, okay so that's my thought right now is that I would like you each to come up with like what you would like to make, base it off of the Toma Hero stuff because I want it to be different. I want it to be super different. Um, as well as, here's my thought for leading us into it. Because if we don't end up carrying it on, like say we don't enjoy it or it doesn't go over well, it doesn't matter and I can still use this later based on what I'm thinking. But I kind of was thinking I could start us off in the beginning of this, the Courts of the Shadow Fae. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Now, I was reading through this module earlier today and I was like, you know, this would work really well for a smaller group of people because i was thinking about entering this into our space campaign later on but the way they have the political intrigue tied i was like well this could give me a good chance to introduce like the midgard setting and stuff and like just start us off strong with it but i want to know your guys thoughts because this opens it up like you open up in a space in zobek which is the like the clockwork city in midgard um, so you, you'd be starting off strong where I would kind of give us excerpts about the city, kind of teach you guys a little bit about it. And then we, you know, go right from the get go, kind of like you're opening a game and like the beginning cut scene is like, this is our setting. And here you are in the world, you know, something like that, where you guys, it would be, you know, fresh. You would, you would have to learn the kind of like learning water deep for the first time. You'd be learning as we go. Um, um, or 
we start off with a little one shot from the streets of Zobek. Um, now, uh, this is this is a much older little little booklet that they made where it, it does like from levels one to ten different modules, like little uh, one off modules in Zobek, and it's more about like crime, like syndicates and whatnot at the lower parts of the city. Uh, I am less hyped about doing that, but what are your guys' thoughts on trying that out? Well, right off the bat, I'm thinking we have to do the the streets of Zobek immediately because you and I, when we did uh, Eberron, absolutely tormented Zach, right? We tormented him <laughs> into the point where he didn't want to run the game for us anymore. We were terrible vigilantes. That's we, not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I think me and Zach have our opportunity to torment you, Seth. I'm okay with that. That's kind of what I want to do now. Just now, torment the crap out of you. You can do that in this because there are so many different freaking options uh, for how the story goes. Like Now, what they, what they provide me here is... A whole lot. So you, what we're used to in like the Wizards of the Coast modules uh, when reading through them is you kind of go through and it says, hey, there's this many of this creature. There's this many of this creature. And that's just how it goes throughout the whole module. In here, there's difficulty scaling. So if I'm like, okay, I want this specific encounter to be deadly, there's an option for that. And they provide me every time they provide you an encounter instead of saying, hey, open our monster manual and go to this page and find and find the stat blocks. On that page are the stat blocks for those creatures. So oh. on the page where they present the encounter, there's the stat blocks and like the motivations of the creatures. So it's it's very well made to where I only need this book to run this. Um, oh. I can I can open it up. All the creatures are there. Everything is there. And then there would be you two and your little sidekicks. <laughs> you know I I will say uh, I was feeling the same Eberron energy from Streets of Zobek, but I'm I'm much more excited to to jump into Courts of the Shadow Fey. Um, I'd be more excited to run that from the get go. I'm going to be honest, it, it does sound more exciting than Courts of the Shadowfay. The only reason I want to do this one is to torment you, Seth. So well, if I can't torment you, I will absolutely do Courts of the Shadowfay because I want to see a different setting for sure. I want to see that Midgard uh, action going on. Yeah, so um, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Now, I want to get a feel for where we're at, where we're going to be at in your guys' heads because we're doing this in a couple of days. Now, this isn't like, hey, we're talking about it like it's weeks down the line. This is happening like three days from now. So we need to kind of know where you guys are at headwise for what kind of character are we looking to play? What exactly? Like you, you, I know you got to think about it right now. Oh my gosh. You got to think about what kind of character are you looking to play? This is seventh level, mind you. So I have to take off work the rest of this week. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, rule me this. Uh, what uh, do we start in the Feywild? Is that? No. You will be starting in Zobek the Clockwork City um, as... You can either be, you know, established adventurers. Maybe you've done a couple of things. You guys definitely know each other, I would say. And I would, I would strongly recommend having some charisma-based <laughs> added like characters for the fact that talking is important when political intrigue comes into play. That's a good point. So I, I would strongly suggest some charisma in the party. Now, I don't know if you guys are thinking like, you know, Paladin sorcerer, paladin uh I, I see paladin when I see Zach. Yeah, uh, um, it's the you, first thing he thought. I saw it in his eyes. That, um, that is absolutely the case. You <laughs> said the word charisma, and I said I'm gonna be a paladin. Yeah, exactly. Now there are really cool paladins in here. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys you know kind of have in mind for that, but. I'm super excited. Now, if you'd like to know the excerpt of what we're looking at here, just so you can get some ideas, um, fae-based, a fae-based creature might be good too. So maybe an elf somewhere along the line. Maybe one of you guys is a, um, is a fae-based creature. 
A Firbolg? I'll be a, a Firbolg paladin. So, that the free city cool. of Zovac has thrived since overthrowing the tyrannical Stros family, but an ancient bargain gives the Queen of Night and Magic a claim to the city, and now the Shadowfey have seized Zobek as their own. The city's only hope lies with the band of heroes who can outfight and outwit the Shadowfey in the heart of their own realm, the maze of treachery and deceit that is the courts of the Shadowfey. So we're looking at a lot of political intrigue, a lot of legends and lore that are passed down throughout like the Fey lineage, um, stuff that I'm still learning about and that I'm excited to get to when we actually get to the session. But yeah, this is what I'm thinking for our little live play because it's well written and it's a seven to tenth level adventure, so it's not like extremely long. It's got a little heft to it. Seven through ten, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's like it's it's four solid levels. So, Zach, here's what I'm thinking. Right, you want to be this, you know. This paladin, right? You probably want to be heroic, you know. Maybe, maybe you're a big, uh, charismatic uh, politician, like upcoming, right? What if I act as your sidekick, as like the most handsome fey goblin ever, as a bard, right? I'm your jester, right? So I'm your your wingman, right? So I follow you around, but I have my own sidekick, right? So you talk down to me, and I'm. 100% sucking up to you, but then I have my little psychic that I just shit on the whole time. And make fun of. <laughs> it's like this full power dynamic going all the way up the chain. I kind of yeah, like and, this. And the way I'm looking at it is your sidekicks and you guys will kind of form this full adventuring party. Now, I don't have, I don't remember all the exact statistics that go into making a sidekick. Um, I just know they exist. And I, is it in Tasha's? Yeah, it's in Tasha's. Yeah, in Tasha's, we've got the rules for those. So um, you guys would each, you know, have, have the ability to make your own and create them and i believe you get what the warrior the like the um the, the thie- sneak the sneak or, or something or, or like that whatever it's called and then like the the cleric magic one um mm. so there there are like the three different kinds of them and uh yeah they'll be leveling up along with you which is is nice whenever there's only two of you there's not a full adventure you know if, if only we had one more person on the podcast right oh. <laughs> <laughs> but i i really didn't want to introduce like a dmpc i was like it would be more fun if they had control over the battlefield and everything, and instead I got to fully be the story. No, I think that works out pretty well. I've also, uh, to be honest, I've really wanted to try the sidekick system out just to see how it is. I really don't know if it's, you know, if it's balanced or if it's it's busted or what. But I also really want to flavor my sidekicks so that they're just super fun. I don't. I really don't know the extent of the system. I really don't. But I just want to go off the wall like. I'm a, like a, what is it? The Beastmaster Ranger. So I have a companion, but then I have a psychic who's also a Beastmaster Ranger. So he has a companion. So we just have like this full roving <laughs> adventure band of, <laughs> that sounds really fun, actually. I, I feel like there's so many opportunities here to try, especially with this whole new world. So I'm going to have to, you're going to have to show me like where I can read up on this place a little bit. Maybe get a good idea of the town or, or like a nearby place that I'm from. So I get like a little backstory. Yeah, little I can feel. show you like there's this um, this new website that just came out pretty recently. It's called Google.com. Um, oh, I was going to say the um, internet. So <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you said Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, um, no, you can, I mean, if you want to borrow the Midgar world book, you can. It doesn't give as much as you would, it, like, it shows the whole world of Midgard and not just this one city we're going to be taking place in, because we're mostly going to spend time in Zobek, and then we're going to go into, you know, different fey portions, um, specifically a place called the Shadow Realm. Now, you guys won't exactly know what's going on when the campaign starts, um, and it's going to take, I think most of session one will will be like, what the heck is happening here? Um, and then as we get deeper into it, I can leave you on a cliffhanger that we don't come back to for three months. Why? You keep hurting me, Seth, over and over again for the last month. I keep just 
constant pain, and, and I want to play D&D so much, and I just know it's coming to an end. Well, it's not coming to an end. It's just, you know... It, no, you're uh, just going to make us not teleport through a tree for ten weeks and wonder where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't cast transport via plants. Yeah, if you don't want a cliffhanger, don't cast the spell, man. So some spells... Oh, oh, Some speaking, spells are off limits. <laughs> off limits. You can't cast that spell. I have I have taken a little glance, and I do know that Midgard comes with a... An abundance of new spell options. Yes. So, I don't want to be another spellcaster, to be perfectly honest, after being a uh, 16th level caster right now. But uh, there are some. Yeah, there are some in the Tome of Heroes, but there's also their deep magic books, which are like 600 extra spells. Um, Some of the subclasses in the Tome of Heroes are based only around 5e spells, and then there are other subclasses that include uh, spells from the Tome of Heroes. So I'm okay with you using any of them, like. Any of that stuff is on, is on the table. We are playtesting it. We're having fun with it. Uh, black powder and gun classes are on the table as well. <gasps> You're allowed to use those. Um, Zobek is a city where the central... So for about the past 80 years, um, dwarves and like humans have kind of come together in this city. And um, the main goddess in which everybody is worshipped you know how a lot of the the cities in like like um water deep and Torm, you know <laughs> they all have their main gods correct yeah. um the main goddess they worship is the clockwork goddess rava um oh. so it's it's very interesting and um it does come into play in the game so like uh, the lore is is very um I don't want to say the lore is vast because that's what Patrick would say, but um, the the lore does come into play, and it's stuff that I'm going to be learning along with you guys as we get into the story. Okay, well, that's I mean that's interesting. I'm definitely excited to get into more lore. Do, out of curiosity, this Clockwork City does it kind of tie into Mechanus, the you know the realm of it's of not really Clockwork and kind of whatnot. It's not really talked about as far as I've seen. Do you feel like it's almost an adaptation of it, or you know, have you not read a whole lot about no, it? No, I'm I'm not sure. It's it, think steampunk vibes. Okay. So, okay. So with with the steampunk vibes come, it just kind of comes along with that. Now, how steampunk? Are we talking in between Forgotten Realms and Eberron sort of a vibe? Yeah, I mean, Zobek the Clockwork City does have some technology gears, things like that. Uh, I'm not gonna. It's not like the New York. Uh, it's it's not like massively built up like New York, but it is it is you know along like you can have a gun, like a mm. like a little musket or something. <gasps> Wait, are there Modrons? Uh, I'm sure there are, but I so far I don't really know. Uh, I'm I'm just learning this setting as well. I oh, see now I kind of like the idea of having this like clockwork sidekick, like a little Stein, like a little. Uh, now I don't believe there's. Defender. I don't believe um, there are tons of like warforged and stuff walking around. Mm. Uh, like yeah, so a little not not as much as everyone where there are like you know actual machine as many machine people. But I mean nowadays you hear a lot about you know making AI and like you know soldier robots and things, things robots that could do basically anything, right? I love the idea that I crafted this little robot that that wields a gun, but he's not good at it at all. And like I walk into a crowd like everyone stand back, everyone stand back. Or he's not supposed go good. to be sneaky, but he fires his gun all the time. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're just yelling at him all the time. What would be cool though is if one of you guys have a sneak with you, um, because you don't you probably won't have a party rogue. Um, <laughs> Why does it sound so funny? You guys have a sneak with you. Yeah, <laughs> it just well, sounds yeah, strange. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so and yeah, baby. all the weapon mechanics, the cool weapons that they have in there, everything's on the table. So please, I mean, you guys will probably want to take that book with you, so that way you can mm. you can read up on it. Like I, I want you to use stuff from that book, either that or you're coming over early to make your characters <laughs> on Saturday. I would cry on site, Seth. There's no way I can make that kind of character on site. Yeah. 
So I, I do want you to think it out and make a cool one because you're going to be using it live. I mean, you guys knew you were playing a live play on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, Drew, I we, we know he, uh, that Zach wants to play a paladin. What are we kind of thinking? May I influence you? Absolutely. I can 100% be influenced. Uh, paladin is my happy place, and I think uh, this would be a perfect opportunity for you to be a cleric. You know, just make sure that you've got some charisma. But wisdom is also super important, and I can't promise to have it uh, in, in, you know, social settings. I was almost thinking he should be a bard, though. Yeah, I mean, bard is also perfect. See, I I do want to play a bard at some point. This could be my opportunity. But to Zach's point, I don't remember doing any illegal drugs, but I do feel under the influence right now. So I feel like I'm being influenced by Zach to possibly be <laughs> a cleric. <laughs> That was so good. <laughs> I feel like this might be my next opportunity to play cleric. It's been a while. It's been a See, number of one-offs. Two-person campaigns is the only time you get to play cleric. <sighs> no, oh, you're <laughs> right though. You're right. We did it the last one. I mean, what if you wanted to play one for our next major campaign and now you can't? Oh, you're you, right. You still can. What this if I go separate. half cleric? We're just playing together. We're not playing with the whole group. I'll look down on you. You can't. Don't you, do that. Don't judge me. You can multi-class. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, Drew. No, I'm not. I can't multi-class. Well, see, but there's all you new classes now. Bar cleric could be cool. I kind of like the idea that I have this divine one level uh, cleric for the for the uh, benefits of that, and then you're done. <laughs> Just so I can say I'm a cleric. Yeah, six <laughs> levels bard, good. one level cleric. Oh, see, I wish it was closer to was it 2024? Because I really do want to play the new revised cleric for one D and D, where they get all those extra um, little one offs and bobbles. Yeah, that does sound pretty cool. So. I don't know. I, I think I'll have to look into what bard options and cleric options there are in, in this book. Yeah, that's what, I think that's going to be important, too. Have you seen anything that looked kind of neat? The Black Powder cleric is pretty cool. Um, There was a really cool bard in there. I can't remember what, what it was called, but uh, I remember looking at it and being like, ooh, I'd kind of like to play that one. Am I wasting my, no pun intended, am I wasting my shot, though? Because we're going to be playing Spelljammer in like a year or so, and I could be a Black Powder Cleric. Yeah, but you could also be a bard then. Like, I'm just making fun of you. So oh. you can be whatever you want. <laughs> but I feel like this might be the prime opportunity to have a gun. That yeah, sounds well, fun. I'm, I'm going to have guns in Spelljammer, too. Oh, that's true. So, well, so then there'll be laser that. guns. Ah, that might well, be more fun. Well, no, it depends because we have. I, I still don't know what our setting is definitely going to be for that. Because if it's Spelljammer, guns are mostly muskets and like and powder based um, in Spelljammer. So, you know, you got to think about that. They're mostly like powder based. I'm trying to imagine because I've already established I'm going to be a plasmoid in Spelljammer. I'm trying to imagine a plasmoid reloading a gun. Like how would it? All How your it ammo work? is in your gel body, and you throw your gun into your body and like reload it. It and reloads then in my it stomach. Back out and throw and shoot it again. How that's cool is that? Actually, sick. How cool I, is I that? might have to save it now. That's, yeah, that's pretty juicy that's pretty idea. Sick. I don't know. I'm definitely gonna have to look at them, but both those do sound pretty good. I don't know. I Druid's don't know also be... not a bad option. <sighs> See, druids are always fun, though. Yeah, Dru- druid is not a bad option here. Um, as you know, fey. There are a lot of nature-based things when it comes to fey. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I'm not saying there will be some nature checks along the along the line, but there could be. So, but I almost want Zach to be a druid because Zach's been wanting to be a druid forever. I will always want to be a druid, but I think in this case I'll be a paladin. <laughs> so you just always desire to be a druid, but then at last second, no, I'll be a paladin. You guys, in, so far in campaigns, you guys have always been very good at diplomacy and talking. Like you, you two specifically have always been players who will speak up. So. Yeah, I think that having some charisma base for you guys is going to help a lot here. Because I, what I don't want is for us to be on the live play and for 
you for Drew for you to speak up and say a whole lot of really good stuff, and for Zach to say one thing at the end and be like, "Well, can I make the check because I'm the better with with the charisma?" And then yeah. I have to be like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> like I'll be like, "Ah, no," but Drew said it all, so I'll give you advantage or something like that. Mm. Um, but I think it would be good for you guys to have some some charisma base there. If it if not like as one of your main stats, then at least be proficient in like a persuasion or a deception or something. I wonder if there's like a like a middle ground melee charisma kind of class because I would like to hit things, but I also know I'm going to be hitting things next campaign. So I'm not hexblade. Yeah, but I don't want to be a warlock though. No, no, I I don't want you to be a warlock. But <laughs> warlock's a whole commitment, man. That's a whole thing. You could do the animal lords warlock like I did. Oh, I could have a giant animal. That would be fun. <laughs> what giant animal would I have though? I don't know for As this your setting. Sidekick. <laughs> They have their own class. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually sick. That would be really funny. Oh, see, but I want... I kind of want my sidekick to have a sidekick, though. I think that would be so fun. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't play, think that can happen. I want to roleplay three people. Sidekicks. Three people. How fun would that be? What yeah, do you think? I don't sidekick. know. What do you think? It's like you take the background of the urchin, so that way your sidekick can have a mouse. <laughs> and then they, and then your sidekick can just speak with the animals, so they're talking to their mouse all the time. <sighs> Well, then you you have to also be an artificer and have your uh, your homunculus servant and a steel defender so that you're playing five things at once. Zach, what you're reading through? I'm curious. I'm just looking at all these paladins. I'm not sure what I want. Has anything stuck out to you yet? Uh, you know this uh this oath of safeguarding seems very cool. Ooh. I almost used that one for the Christmas one off. Now you did use a uh, it was the hearth one, right? Yeah, oath, oath of the hearth, and that was a, a very fire based paladin. Yes, did you, but you so, multiclassed though. Yeah, I multiclassed a uh, paladin warlock so I could be a crit build. That's right. Okay, yeah. but the but the warlock was still from this book, correct? Or no? No, no, no. Regular? Warlock was a hexblade. Oh, so you mix and match books? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. There, there's a whole lot that can go into that, man. <laughs> Would you be opposed to us mixing and matching with the player handbook, or do you want to more so stick with I the Tome of Heroes? I want to mainly do Tome of Heroes stuff because I want to see what it's like. If you need one or two levels from like, from like a class, sure. You Just know. get my action action surge. Yeah, like going if you want a cunning action or an action surge or something like that, sure, go for it. Um, but. But I want to see mainly just stuff out of out of the Midgard setting because I'm I'm interested in playing it. It's a setting that I've wanted to use, but I couldn't find a spot to use in main campaign. You know, where like I had been thinking about it for a while, like using those. Um, but I'm interested in using Eberron for our main campaign at some point, and I'm interested in using um and doing space stuff. So uh, Midgard just didn't fit with like the vibes that I want. So I'm like, this is a good chance for me to do it, and if it goes well. And we're able to, like, batch record some live play stuff. Like, have sit down and do four hours of a live play just for funsies. Like, I'm totally in. And that's more D&D and episodes of the podcast, you know? So, is is Midgard, like, big? Is it, is it a big setting? Is it, like, so forgotten So, it's a flat realms? earth. It's a flat earth. Yeah, yeah, So, Midgard is quite literally, like, a flat earth. Like, it's it's a large piece of land that floats in space. And it is, like, oh. yeah, it, and it's like the very like the the important material plane center of everything. You have to let us Sparta kick someone off the side of the Earth. That would yeah, be well, so we're, cool. We're not there yet. We have we'll to get, get there. there. We, we have to get there. We're not there. We're we're testing the we're testing it with this seventh to tenth level adventure. Now there are plenty of other things for us to go off of if we enjoy this. So if we have fun, if we're like okay, we did a couple of sessions, we got a couple, we got uh, to tenth level, we finished the campaign, then down the line we can think about some other things. Like there are um, there's the book of Ebon Tides, which is a largely 
um, Shadow Realm based thing. Because um, think dark fantasy when you're thinking this. Okay, you're thinking okay. we're not thinking um, we're not thinking high fantasy like we have in Forgotten Realms. We're thinking more dark fantasy. You know, there are there are good things going on here, but there are also just really bad stuff happening with magic all the time. Um, this is when I explained to you guys about the ley lines that exist in the world, like how lots of civilization exists around those um, those lines of magic that run through the actual core of the planet, um, and where you can also like slip into other planes to walk certain distances to appear somewhere else in the world. So you guys may or may not have to do that to, to delve into certain places, like actually slip into a ley line in order to go a certain distance to go somewhere and you know deal with stuff in another plane until you get to your destination. So... It's all very interesting, very cool, and uh, there are plenty of other modules for me to try out if we enjoy this one, where uh, I've only purchased this one from them so far, but this one's so well written that I'm like, damn, I, I really want to try the other ones. Like, every time, there there are certain checks, you know how it'll be like, um, you guys will be randomly doing stuff, and you'll you'll say, hey, I, I can I make a history check on this specific thing? There are, every time there is like a set piece in this, there are different checks that it anticipates you will make and it gives you a full table as to the things you will say based on the numbers that they give really? and which is great it's so good for the dm where i don't have to do as much thinking on the fly i mean there are situations where you might ask to make a check that's not there right but right. but if there are and that'll be a time when i make something up where but um if you're just talking to a character and a persuasion check will work i know that if you roll a 14 or lower this is what they will say if you roll a 15 and 19 this is what they will say or like this is the information they'll give i'll i'll say it however i want but this is the information they'll give with what they say mm. um so it's just it's so dm friendly like i would strongly recommend their books for first time dms because i mean those are those are blanks that i like to fill in whenever i'm playing the game but this book is as thick as like any like some of the the other books and it's only four levels uh because there's there's stat but yeah it's like a player's yeah, handbook that's, it's a little smaller than a player handbook yeah, yeah. It's a little smaller than a player's handbook but um it's it's very well done you know to wolfgang bauer and dan dillon great job guys because uh, I've been reading this book today, and it's great. I read through all of Act 1. <laughs> all of Act 1. That's all you need. Yeah, they, they break it up into acts and chapters. So it's oh. like, hey, act, act 1, Chapter 1, and then it's it's like different scenarios that happen in there, and then next one. I kind of like that idea for Milestones. I like the idea that the, the DM at the end of the session goes, Welcome to Chapter 2, and it gives you like a little title. That's actually pretty sick. I kind of like that. Are there titles for the chapters? Um, I don't believe so. There, well, Wait, <sighs> there might be. There might be. Oh, but you can see you can see on some of these pages. Let me let me find a good one. So here you can see there's all the different stat blocks that go along with the, some of the story, mm. which is amazing that I don't have to have a, a separate book like opened up for that. And then and those wanted, stat blocks do they look similar to like regular five E? Yeah, yeah there's five E stat blocks. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then I want to find one of those. So see how here it says check fourteen or lower, fifteen, nineteen, and then there's one yeah. for thirty or higher at the bottom, and th and then it gives you the result as to like the responses that you get. Damn. So it's it's just so like player and dm friendly where like instead of me making up bullshit information i have real information to give you if you make a check that's relevant mm, do, do you feel like they have those charts because it's more of a a political intrigue type of a setting like do you feel like it's it's relatively important to keep track i don't of know if it's in say? their other modules but i'd venture to guess it is because this is one of their earliest 5e modules so if if it was if it was a good idea back then i assume it's a good idea now um, what, what will really help me is if we enjoy like running a few sessions of this, I'll get the, um, the Zobek Gasseteer book, which explains the city of Go Zobek down to like everything. Uh, because in these books, I don't get a whole lot on the city. Um, I know like very, very like vague amounts. 
Um, well, I suppose they probably couldn't give you too much on the on the setting if they're giving you, you know, all those charts and the things to make it more convenient. You yeah, know? I mean, they, they have they have things for that. Like, the, the books aren't expensive. Like, they're not nearly as expensive as, like, buying a $50 5e thing. So... Uh, I, I'm happy to pick up like the the actual like Zobek world book that's like, hey, this is what you need to know about Zobek, our main city. You know, kind of like if you had a Waterdeep book and it was, hey, this is everything you need to know about Waterdeep. And are there are there other races in the Midgard book that we could use, or is it more so just not so much? Out in Tome? Not so much. Like if you think of think of your usual ones. Uh, there might be a couple other character options in Tome of Heroes. I I didn't super look. Um, through and there may even be some like oh there might be some machine folk ones in there that you yeah they're they're gear gear folk or something yeah yeah, yeah. so there are like warforged type people uh, I actually really so like I lied. the <laughs> I do like yeah, the know, machine I, folk I, I was pretty cool. literally on the page I was looking through this book and I saw gear folk and I just didn't have it in me to uh, to call you out and say <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I there right there here. are there are new racial options and stuff like that if if you are so inclined to try them. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Try something new. Gear Forged is what they're called. Gear. I love how they change the name every time, and everyone is different. And Player Handbook, it's all different. Yeah, and they're just Warforged. <laughs> they're just robot people. That's all they are. They never call them robots, though. Well, I mean, that's that's not derogatory. Very that's derogatory. <laughs> is that's it? You. Is it a is it a main term? Yeah. I still hate I hate clankers from Eberron. It still hurts my soul. Oh my it still God. hurts my soul, yes. dude. Every time I heard that, I was like, how dare you? <laughs> we were yeah, sitting that, in a little bar. A, that's not an official term. That was that Wait. was off the dome. Oh, man. That sucked. Like, <laughs> in a good way, where I was like, oh, I don't like... I feel bad. I feel dirty when you call me that. Well, yeah, because in, uh, in Sharn and Eberron, there's, there's sort of like, you know, Warforged are treated different because they're machines made for war. And it's weird to see them mingling and acting like people. So, uh, so yeah, I, I might have invented a fantasy slur uh, <laughs> just uh, just for the fun of it. Um, but it I, it served the story. Okay. Would you guys like to know what my backup idea was? My my second idea. Oh, for, for the like the one off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So my second idea was a spacefaring adventure. Um, based okay. around Spelljammer with the two of you and two sidekicks uh, on like a skiff or something like that in space. And I was thinking of like kind of making it high spaced where like you guys are, are doing like space stuff. Like you guys are ex- uh, experienced wild spacers um, for a little bit. But also I didn't want to intrude on those vibes that we're going for later and like spoil ourselves of the excitement of like session one Spelljammer. Yeah. That's um, fair. But that was my other plan where I was like, oh yeah, we can go ahead and do some space stuff now. Um but then I got into reading Courts of the Shadow Fan. I was like, ah, I don't really want to like, because then I have to write my own storyline. This I can just open it up and read it. As much as I don't want to kind of pollute the whole Spelljammer vibe, the only thing it took to get me hooked on that was, hey, I was going to put you in Spelljammer. You guys were going to do space stuff. I was like, <laughs> oh, that sounds like a blast. I don't even know what space stuff is, but let's do it. That space sounds fun. Space stuff is fun. I I'm, oh, I almost played Mass Effect. No, stop. <laughs> we can't. No, you're not allowed to bring Mass, Mass Effect up time. anymore. No, I definitely don't have time. Uh, Oh, I did decide what I'm going to do the next few days until I leave, though. Mass Effect? No. Um, it's a game that you saw me play a little bit briefly, and then I decided that it was too much of a grind to really get into, you know? But there's a new roguelike mode in it. Now, in this roguelike mode... Well, I'll reveal the game after. In this mm-hmm. roguelike mode, you're basically um, getting assigned contracts one after another, and you have to... They give you details on the person you're looking for, and you have to find them... Uh, and there's a number of NPCs around. It could be anyone in the space that you're in. Um, and you have to find the specific NPC and find a way in their routine to assassinate them. And it might be 
a, an NPC that does not have a routine that is meant for you to be able to assassinate them. And I'm talking about Hitman 3. Um, oh. They just came out with this uh, roguelike mode in it. Like, I don't know how they're still supporting this game as much as they are. But, one, they've added all three games of content into Hitman 3. So, Hitman 1, 2, and 3, since they reset it. All the maps are in there. Um so I have tons of content to play through. And the thing about Hitman 3 is it can be like a daily grind. Like it's a solo game, but you can be doing dailies every day, like collecting stuff for it, like making your perfect um, agent, some whatever he is. 47. Agent 47. I Come almost on, said 99. Come on. I, that's why, that's I why know I, that's exactly what you It was stuck say. in my head. I was going to say Agent 99. Um, so yeah, your own Agent 47. And then, um, yeah, you get to, in this roguelike mode, They out of any of the NPCs, like in that entire Dubai hotel that you saw me playing in for hours on the on the first time mm-hmm. I played it, any of those NPCs could be my target. So that whole conference room at the front, it could be any single one of them. And then when they all break up, I got to figure out which one. And they'll give you details like, oh, this this NPC, or this person has severe allergies. And this, this person also enjoys wine. And so it's like, this, and only one of the NPCs there is going to fit all of those things. So your job is to do that in a timely manner and get it right. And if you get it wrong, you got to start over. It's like fucking Hitman Guess Who. Exactly. <laughs> and it sounds fun and really challenging. Um, so, um, Blessing Adioye was talking about it on Kind of Funny today, because I hadn't played Hitman 3 in forever, and I was like, man, that sounds actually kind of fun to waste some time before I leave in a few days. Um, so, I'm thinking about starting it up, but he said, he was like, yeah, one of my targets was the bellhop, but there's people around all over the place when you're, or for the bellhop, Mm -hmm. so, what he had to do was the bellhop finally, uh, he has like about one minute where the bellhop walks outside, and uh, so now that the bellhop has walked outside, there's a guy looking right at him. So you have to kind of like throw the thing, and now you've got about ten seconds. And his challenge that he has to do is to get a headshot on the bellhop. So not only that, he has to have a silenced weapon and get a perfect headshot, and then also walk away at the right time where no one sees him. So that way, um, so that way it looks like he got away with it. So he has to kill the bellhop while distracting the other guy. It's it's very fun and very cool. And I, was, I downloaded it right before you guys got here. That sounds so sleuthy and so fun. I love the idea of having to like really stalk your prey for a while to get the right one. However, I know for a fact that if I played this game, I would spend four hours on one map. Like, was that a sneeze? That was kind of more of a cough. Oh, you I don't definitely know. would. I would, and I would shoot the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, it would. Oh, I would hate that. I wasted I think four you would hours have of a my lot life of fun with it, though. Oh no, I would have a blast. It's a game that you would lose yourself in. Absolutely, I would. I don't know if you guys have... get you out of your Dead by Daylight craze. No, no, no. I, I couldn't possibly. I couldn't possibly. I, I don't know if you guys know. First of all, there's a there's a Hitman movie, which I did not know. Yeah. Uh, but also, there's like a big community of Hit Run speedrunners, which is insane. Hitman speedrunners? Yeah, Hitman speedrunners. Okay, you said Hit Run speedrunners. Oh, I'm sorry. Hit- I was like, what's Hit Run? run? <laughs> my whole my whole head's like spun around. My- <laughs> it's a different game. Uh, but Hitman speedrunners, it's, it's pretty legit. You ever like scrolling through YouTube and you're like, oh, that game looks kind of interesting. You know, what is that? I got sucked to do like a like a four deep uh, video of these speed runs. It's insane. These people put up like big cash prizes, and they they assign like someone as the target on the map or like two or three targets. These people do this thing in like twenty thirty seconds, like insane runs. They'll throw like pies on the ground, but because the pie was at a forty degree angle, they could walk up a building. And because they walked up the building, they're on the top. They could snipe everyone from up there. But also, if a bird flies by at the right time, it, there's a shadow that comes by and it blocks the shot. Like it's just it's crazy stuff. It gets so nitty gritty. The, the game's pretty ridiculous. I would love to get into it. I just think it's so it's so in depth. I would absolutely lose myself. Very similar to, to Seth and Destiny. I don't know if I could I could commit That's myself why I to quit that. Destiny. <laughs> 
That's why I quit Destiny because it was the perfect game for me. <laughs> That's a terrible reason. It's no reason to play a game. No, it's not. It's why people quit World of Warcraft because it's too much of you. Like, if I was still playing Destiny now, it would still be like I would come home and be like, I'd be so anxious to get my dailies done that I'd have to come home, sit down, spend two hours getting my dailies, and then I can be a normal person. Yeah, how do you be an adult? When you have a video game that takes up four hours of your day every day. Exactly. Like, if, if it always took me like an hour and a half or so, like, hour, hour and a half to finish all my dailies in Destiny. Even if I was just playing Crucible for the day, I need to get in there and put the specific guns on and do the right challenges. And, like, I was good too. Like, <laughs> I was good at that game. Um, so, I'm, I am happy I quit Destiny because I love it too much. Are you, though? Yes. But think about it, you could play it for just a few more hours before you leave, Seth, and really enjoy it. And then I'll think about it the whole time I'm gone. Oh man, I started Destiny back up. I can't wait. What you know what you know what those fuckers did to me? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> on PS Plus on the seventh, that's that's in a couple of days, they're releasing the Destiny DLC for free to PlayStation owners. <gasps> so I will own the new Destiny DLC. Without paying for it, you have to try it just a little bit. I can't. Just, just, just a little, nope. little piece. Just I can't. one, one little I'm game. Sorry. Don't do it. No, you absolutely should. You no, should we'll, do it. we'll be devil and angel on the shoulder, and I'm, uh, I'm the devil. But you shouldn't play it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm driving Zach home, so you have to listen to me. No, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got me there. <laughs> well, um, oh man, I had something I wanted to talk about right before the end here, but I guess I can't. Was it that uh that big CDC report that came out? It what? said uh, the CDC report it came out. It said that if you play Destiny two, you're actually much better in the army. I don't know if you've oh, heard. It. Yeah. Oh, I did read that one. It's they were pretty like, new. You, you probably get getting all the, the one way where they were it, like, but... "Oh yeah, if you're really good at Destiny, they'll promote you right away." Yeah, they said you're yeah. an officer right away. Actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it does make sense that the CDC would have reported on that because Destiny is a disease that needs to be controlled. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was witty. I'll give, I'll give you that one. That was good. That was good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Table Talk Friday, where we discussed our up coming live play in courts of the shadow fay now that it's been decided so you can catch that very very soon here on table talk friday a DD podcast but where you can also catch it is patreon.com slash table talk friday where good old gamer is our producer eric for the month Woo! good old gamer <laughs> Uh, you can catch us and a couple of our other patrons over there on patreon.com slash tabletalkfriday where you can get a bonus post show that's going to be up right after this where you can get uh, episodes early and a bevy of other bonus benefits and content. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. And I need the CDC to take me out. Seth, that's right. Seth, you... Here in this room with me, but also you listening to the podcast. You, Seth. I'm also talking to you. You need to stop playing Destiny. <laughs> it's bad for your health. It's bad for your eyesight. And it will make you better at the army. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole army. <laughs> but uh, re- regardless, you, uh, you do need to stop playing. Uh, your friends miss you. Your family misses you. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't finish this one. <laughs> Have a great night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>